from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, October 18th, 2013, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I am your interim podcast host, Chad Michael Snavely, and this week's podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. Guys, it's so easy to use. You just select a beautiful design template, you start a free trial, get a free domain, and just like that, you're up and running creating your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It starts at just 8 bucks a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. Uh, every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look great on every device, every time. This is really cool. Squarespace has just announced some brand new tools for musicians, as well as an amazing new 3D visualizer for shipping. Uh, for what? a free trial, yeah. What does that mean? You, you just you're gonna have to go check it out. Squarespace.com. <laughs> there's uh, a box heading towards there's you. A, yeah, you have to wear 3D glasses <laughs> to uh, to view this website. But uh, the UPS man comes out of your computer. It's pretty awesome. Here's your package. Pretty awesome. Uh, for a free trial, Sorry. go to Squarespace.com. You won't need a credit card. Just try it out and start building your website. And then, if and when you decide to purchase, use offer code. What is it, Eddie? Relevant 10. Relevant 10. <laughs> Big <You're>, deal. <laughs> we're in the month of October, so it's Relevant 10. Guys, you'll get 20% off your first purchase on new accounts, which includes monthly and annual plans for October only. Squarespace.com. Use offer code RELEVANT10. Get your website, your blog, your portfolio, your online store, whatever it is that you need to create on the web, you can do it with Squarespace. I, it, Squarespace is so easy. I just, in time you did that, created... Chad Michael Snavely did a good job on the intro.com oh, sweet. forward slash beard and I'm already selling t-shirts. Does it have a, is it a, does it have a 3D visual uh, a visualizer for shipping? Get, get out of the way. There's a UPS <laughs> man coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> Go check it out. Squarespace.com. Use offer code RELEVANT10. Thanks for sponsoring this week's episode. Well, guys, we have a great, great show today. Let me just tell you real quick. We are featuring an artist on this week's show that I'm a big fan of. We have an artist spotlight coming up on Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Right. Oh, uh, so oh. But they are a great band. They are. They're a, a great. They're a great band. And that was a great. Is it the conversation I had uh, pretty recently with him? It is, that Tyler. Was, he was. He was fascinating. He, he was a really, really good guy. So that's coming up on this week's show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, here with me in our Orlando studio today, there are three people. Uh, there's one person who is with us, two people on the Skype line, and one person who is not with us yet. I will talk about that in a second. What? Uh, with me, the wonderful, lovely. Eddie new podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Nice to see you. Good to see you too. Thanks, uh, on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, the man uh, found his car keys and found his uh, headset microphone this week, so he doesn't sound like he's <laughs> recording through a through a tiny little microphone inside his MacBook Pro. That is Tyler Huckabee. Testing one two. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Where were the keys, Tyler? We're all dying to know. <laughs> you know, I left them at a coffee shop. Of oh, course, they cool. were a long ways away. Of course. Right next to your like, French press and cool yeah. little net things. <laughs> yeah, they were just I didn't sitting have an in an idyllic little pile yeah, on a coffee shop yeah, table. Your little moleskin. Well, it's good to have you and hear you this week, yeah. Tyler. So. Your moleskin of poetry. <laughs> your lovely dulcimer tones. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of like old guitar picks. And, uh, <laughs> a mason jar of little, of, of kind of rootsy flowers. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I left the keys there again. So <laughs> <laughs> I just hop on my hog and get down there. <laughs> Born to run. The other wonderful voice that you're hearing uh, from Loverland, Virginia, always having his headset mic with him. That is Jesse oh. Carey. <laughs> hello, hello. I, I've 
very infrequently go to any coffee shops, so that's the reason. (laughs) (laughs) I would be more likely to leave it like at a gas station while I was buying like peanut M and M's and like yeah, gummy gummy worms and a Red Bull. That's my coffee. Because you just always wear your headset with have you with you all the time. You never know when you're going to be needed on a podcast. Exactly. I mean, mine basically looks like Beats by Dre headphones for the watch. (laughs) I look like a gamer. I look like I'm like I'm ready to game at any moment. The person that's not in the studio with us, and I'd like to bring bring this to everyone's attention. Um, it is 11:50. It's a Wednesday. We are recording uh, right now, so there is a chance that this could change at some point. But let me just say uh. that this morning, our good friend Jimmy Fallon tweeted, "Hey guys, I'm in Orlando this morning. Where should I go to lunch today?" Jimmy Fallon. I would is in Orlando. Freak. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. He's been in our magazine. Yes. Questlove, who plays in his band, yeah. has been on the cover of our magazine. Yeah. I really wish I would have dressed better. Because if he comes in, I'm going to get a picture. You look awful. No, I look very dumb. <laughs> I look like today that I dressed for a beach wedding. I have like a white dress shirt on, untucked, a pair of jeans, and like fairies. It just looks like I'm ready to go out there and just, just mix it up with a wine cooler and some buddies. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah. Back so, to Jimmy Fallon, though. So, so, I tweet, so, of course, naturally, I tweeted at Jimmy personally and from the Relevant Podcast Twitter saying, well... You know, stop by the office. Come by. We record today. We'd love to have you on the show. And then I took Twitter and, and, and encouraged the podcast. All you know, two million of our podcast followers that we do have on the Twitter and said, "Hey, is that real? It, no, that's not real. It, it's, it's slightly exaggerated." But in case <laughs> I, Jimmy Fallon is listening, sorry, to this, I just became terrified out, and had to run out of this room. Force. Yeah. our listeners did a great job. Our listeners hit have been hitting Jimmy Fallon up all morning, saying, "Look, man, you want to do the podcast? I've read everything this morning from uh, you can hang out with Eddie, who is the Jimmy Fallon of podcasting, to hey, John Tesh did it. Don't you want to be like John Tesh? That's which could go either way. Yeah. The Jimmy um, Fallon of podcasting, Eddie. Congratulations! I felt yeah. really honored. What an by honor. That. Listen, I got to say, obviously that was absurd because he is a thousand more times talented than anybody except for the rest of you guys. But um, <laughs> the Twitter people on Twitter are incredible. Like the fans of Relevant, I was not expecting this when I came on the podcast. Yeah. Like the fans are un- oh, you, you were you had very well, low expectations. No. <laughs> that, I, did well, let's, say, let's I did preface. I did say that poorly. I had no <laughs> expectations. Like I didn't think about it. And people are just so yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, we do it all for the fans. Okay, really. so here's how you'll know that Jimmy Fallon uh, just walked in. Okay. I just start screaming and like a little we, girl. Yeah, and then I just cry. And, and so, so basically, yeah, we're so expecting him to walk through the door at, at any moment. Here, yeah. here I've played now, this scenario. I played this scenario out in my mind about 150 times so far this morning. Okay. okay? And this is what it looks like. So where I'm sitting, I can actually look out and see our front door to the office, okay? Because yeah. the, the studio has glass. I'm looking at the front door. I envision at some point, maybe during slices, you know, Jesse's saying something, ha, 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 funny, we're all laughing, ha, this oh. is great slice, Oh, oh, oh it's kind of snarky. Sudden, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just painting this picture. And then all of a sudden, I look out, because I'm not really paying attention, because I know everything Jesse says is funny. I'm just assuming it's funny. So I'm looking out. <laughs> a safe assumption. And all yeah. of a sudden, hello, hello. I hear a knock at the door. Yeah. And it's he's Jimmy, like peeking in the window. And it's Jimmy Fallon dressed Jimmy's out. Jimmy's here. He's in a J. Crew blue, navy blue suit. You with, have, a, with a white shirt and a nice tie. He put really a lot of time into wow. this. Yeah, this. He looks incredibly dapper. What's uh, what's he smell like? Oh, he smells like lavender. <laughs> <laughs> right? He smells like oak trees in winter. <laughs> and and so I run out there and let him in and he's like, "Hey, hey guys, is is this relevant? Is the podcast going on? You're doing it. And you can't and, see. And we just, like, on, on. You we can't see him in. You can't see Chad right now, but he did the full like head motion hey, with hey, the like hey. the hand up kind of thing. I love and it. So we like we whisk him in the door, and there's an open seat right here in between uh, in between uh, Eddie and I, where Calvin used to sit. Sure, the mic is all ready. The headphones are sitting there, and, we should and say, Jimmy just sits yeah. down. Yeah, and he puts the headphones yeah. on. He has no idea he what he's walking riffing. into. He's got a slice right. And in bam, hand. bam, bam. He just starts going. He cuts Jesse off mid slice, and he just starts going, and he's spends about 10 minutes with us and he was like man guys this was really fun All right, i gotta go grab some lunch down the road at rav pig thanks okay. for hanging out and he leaves can i tell you something honestly this is i've, uh, I've got questions ready okay go no go. but i mean like i have questions in my head like if he sits down like i don't want to do him now right, right but like i've like i've thought through like okay he's taking over the tonight, taking over the tonight show sure he was on SN- like because i know that i would be so wigged out if he walked in right now sure. that like you wouldn't you'd want to have a couple like on on the one and a million chance that he just happened to walk through right. the door maybe he's look he's going to to, he's just out searching for a place to eat lunch right now, and, and he gets a flat tire like right. right in front, and he's like, "Oh no, I, I you know, I don't have a, a, a jack." Okay. 
I wonder what this building is here. Let me go knock on the glass. Relevant Media Group. It seems like they'd yeah, probably I've... be able to help me with a tire. Yeah. Yeah, so and, uh, there, I'm ready. I'm ready. He's so, like, oh, there's a guy I can see in the window uh, in the Tommy Bahama gear. <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> White linen pants. You. Hey, can can we agree? Assist with my tire, please. <laughs> can we agree to, like, should we, can we come up with some sort of safe word? So, like, you're going to the door to meet him, mm-hmm. and I'll say, like, all right, we've got a, you know, yeah. what a, I don't know what I it would, is. I think the safe word is lavender. We've got code lavender. Okay. And so if, if I say code lavender, I'm going to just talk about what's happening in real time. Okay. How you meet him, how you right. weep, right. what he's wearing. How I admire his beautiful navy blue suit yeah. from J. Crew. And then he comes in, and then we're just going to start peppering just, him with questions just and going. talking about how and, awesome he is. And right, he does. He has a slice. He's ready to go. He's like if, if somebody were to bump into Jesse Carey at Catalyst, mm-hmm. and they <laughs> automatically just assume that Jesse has a slice mm-hmm. on demand, ready to go. Ready to back go. Now, I God, will say, cool. he seems like one of the most least intimidating celebrities to meet. Right? And I think as yeah, a talk show host, that, that's Very sort chill. of the, the gig. I, right, right. But we've talked about, we've gone through my Mac Powell experience, right? I've talked about this on yeah, the many before. times. Yeah, so. <laughs> Exhaustively. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot. <laughs> too much. <laughs> I'm not too <laughs> <laughs> You stop yourself. Uh, so it doesn't take a lot for me to be freaked out. Um, so so I'm just saying. Clearly. <laughs> hey, Mac Powell. This, this could happen at any moment during the podcast, right, so just right. be aware. Yeah. Be listening um, for Code Lavender. Code Lavender. I, I, think am, he'll, I think he'll shortly, shortly into it, I think he'll say, Who's the who's the Nashville guy? And you'll be like, oh, that's, that's our friend Tyler Huckabee. And he'll say, all right, I'm going to go to Nashville. And then he'll just leave. And, and just then I'll like see that. him in my front door. Yeah. And then, and, you know, just he's a like, couple you, of you know later. any, like, hip, like, candlelit coffee shops we could go? And, <laughs> you know, get some French press espresso. And then I, and then and then I, I think, honestly, I think, honestly, he's going to ask to adopt me. Oh, and, Wow. And wow. I'll do it. An adult you know. adoption. This just took a very, very different turn. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Good for you. Yeah. That would be so <laughs> fun like, for you. It just got borderline creepy with Tyler. Yeah, you could You'll be. Just say, you're like the son. I, you're like the son I always wanted. Yeah, and uh, and then I will be. I'll become that son. So wow. that's kind of how I see it in my head. That's amazing. You guys feel free to edit that. Good. Hey. No, we're not going to edit that. That's no. your, that's yeah. your life, and that was you Beautiful, being raw. Yeah. And I want to affirm where you're at. And thank you for that. <laughs> I think I think it's unhealthy. Uh, I I, I am, think you could be a sociopath. Yeah. And, and, and Jesse, I'd really like you to say this to Tyler in a way that's more affirming of his feelings. Sure, sure. Um, I I mean, I, so I, I feel an I statement. I feel when you that might be a good. Way I to love it when Eddie, Eddie the I counselor feel, comes out. Uh, that when you talk about Jimmy Fallon, not in a, a feeling. Way that it's makes not a feeling. You want to be his son? Mm-hmm. Right? You need to seek professional help. Right. And now, Tyler, tell me what Jesse just said. Well, I want to be. I want to be clear. We, uh, he's the one who asked me to be his son, so I don't see why I'm getting blamed for all of this. Okay, but it was Jimmy's idea, so so I feel like I'm hearing Jesse. Maybe. I feel like I'm hearing hurt in this. Um, <laughs> we could keep going all day, but I don't want to. I'm gonna, yeah, we should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> some stuff's going to come out here if we're not careful. I'm going to say some stuff. We I'm should do on air counseling. Huh? Yeah. Hey, all, all that to say, we have Black Rebel Motorcycle Club <laughs> oh. and possibly Jimmy Fallon coming right. up on this week's show. <laughs> That was a weird opening. <laughs> but up first, we got some entertainment releases. Uh, music coming out on Tuesday, October 22nd. Active Child, uh, one of my favorite artists, is coming out with, I believe, is it is it rap, Rapper? Rapport? The Rapport EP? It's I don't R- know how do you spell R-A-P-O-R. Any, it's a rapport. Rapport? rapport? Yeah, because yeah, I doubt he's rapping on this one, so I don't think it's yeah. it's Rapper. So the Rapport EP is coming out from Acti- Active Child. Uh, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, Best Coast is coming out with the album Fade Away. Brett Denon is coming out with Smoke and Mirrors. Gringo Star is coming Great out with name. coming out with Great Floating name. Out to Sea, uh, and that's S E E Floating Out to Sea. Uh-huh. Uh, podcast favorite Katy Perry is coming out with Prism, and other right podcast on. favorite Ted <laughs> Nugent is coming out with Ultra Live Ballistic Rock. We've got, oh. got a real smorgasbord. Something for everybody this what? week. <laughs> You're really? you got to be on pretty opposite ends of the spectrum, but everybody's got something. Uh, movie releases coming out Friday, October 25th. Uh, we have The Counselor with Michael Fassbender, Brad Pitt, Javier Bardem, and uh, I don't understand this. Cameron Diaz is in that movie. Ugh. I just... She insists upon herself. I just don't get that. Yeah, like we, uh, yeah. You, you watch the trailer for that movie, and it looks like a really, really good movie. And then you see, I, I just can't take her seriously. I yeah, don't know. yeah. It looks, Is this the one written by Cormac McCarthy? Who's that? I don't know. He's the guy that wrote uh, the the Road. Or, yeah, he's uh, a, he's a he's a novel. He wrote uh, No Country for Old Men, The Road. Uh, he wrote The Border Trip. Basically, he's like this 
Uh, the, say the mo- name of the movie again. It's called The Counselor. The Counselor. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually wrote the script for the. It's all the first the time movies. he's ever written a written a movie script. Oh. Yeah, he's written a couple plays before. Yeah, yeah, and oh. he's been had a. a been adapted into film a lot a lot of his books have been adapted but this is the first script he's ever written yeah. all the pretty horses back in the day yeah, yeah, which yeah. is kind of a dark western he's a, he's a marvelous horse. writer he's such a talented and writer. a really really interesting like he dude like he's one of like the few like super reclusive mysterious literary figures that we still have allegedly mm. he writes on a typewriter he does everything on a typewriter seriously still. yeah, yeah. I, I, if you're looking for like i know uh, um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with his movies now, which which is good exposure for him. But I feel like they've sort of built into this uh, like preconception, but of, of his writing. But if you've never read any of the novels by Cormac McCarthy, yeah, it is a, a crazy. Have you read? Have you guys read anything, Tyler? Have you read? Yeah, anything? yeah, I've read. Uh, he, I would call him my favorite living author right now. I would say I, he's probably my favorite. I, I would, I would say alive. definitely fiction. Author. Yeah, who's yeah. your sure. fa- who's your favorite dead author? And I'm not trying to be funny. I, I've always been a big Steinbeck fan. Yeah. I really love John Steinbeck. Yeah, uh, East of Eden and The Grapes of Wrath and all the short stories. Uh, but I also like Flannery O'Connor mm. a lot. Well, and and he kind of Cormac McCarthy sort of has that Southern Gothic minimalist flair. Yeah, I, I like the genre a lot, and uh, and he's very he he allegedly uh, there's once a year evidently there's something in. In uh, New Mexico, there's a gathering of a symposium of minds on all the ways the world could end uh, yeah. in the c- upcoming year. And he attends these conferences, and it's where he gets his ideas for his novels. Wow. Uh, be be th- it an economic disaster or, or some sort of global, uh, like a, a natural crisis or something with science or disease. And he uses these. Of course, the road, it was the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, but but it, he's, a, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. He's getting pretty old, I think. Yeah, he's 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 an octogenarian, I believe. Yeah, I believe so too. But I'm excited to see the counselor. I'm excited yeah. to see what yeah, it's like. Yeah, it should be interesting. So. Him, him, and Michael Shabon are, are, I think, the two. Yeah, Shabon would also be up there. Do you think at that end of the world symposium, at the end of every single one, they're just like, "We'll see you next year," or like, <laughs> do they do pre-registration, or every year they kind of bummed that they like came back for another one? They're like, oh, <laughs> we're well. back. Well, anyhow, let's talk about how it's going to end in 14. Oh, wrong again. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. As you, if you guys are here, clearly last year was a waste of time yeah, yeah. we <laughs> like, fired our keynote from last year <laughs> not sure why we're still doing this because we don't seem to be any good obviously at it. We, we didn't invite any of the speakers from last year back <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> but if you're not into uh watching the counselor on the other end of the spectrum you can go see bad grandpa with johnny knoxville <laughs> oh we should goodness. say this about the counselor but before we give it too much of a recommendation the work of Cormac mccarthy is incredibly incredibly violent it is yeah yeah that's and, and the work of johnny Knoxville is also very incredibly very, violent, yeah, so, so beware on both sort of, of those. Sort of stuck this year. There aren't any scary movies, right? Oh. Um, maybe, maybe the week after, right? Yeah. That's how oh, is that the week after? Yeah. Ooh, and then the week after that, I'm really excited because Midlake is coming out with their new album. Oh, Have you heard? oh, oh like yeah, Midlake. Midlake. Oh yeah. my gosh, I've been waiting for this forever. Is it going to be as good as this uh, Ted Nugent Ultra Live or Ultra Live Ballistic Rock? I'm album? sure it'll be on par. Pretty, pretty similar. We'll I this. mean, I mean, yeah. Is it on par with the Nuge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all the Nuge scale. Speaking of violent music, <laughs> on a scale of one to Nuge, where would you? Uh, <laughs> where would you land it? What well, one being pretty much everything that's ever been produced? The Nuge being like <laughs> the Nuge. Anything played a guitar solo played by Ted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Coming up next. Slices and hopefully Jimmy Fallon. Followed by an insane political rant. <laughs> that, that so insane that warrants a, a personal visit from the Secret Service. Like that's a that's the nooch level. A guitar a guitar riff so intense that the Secret Service has to get involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is get, literally a threat to national security. You have that's to get FAA clearance because of what's rising into the air. You, you literally this. shredded too hard, dude. And yeah. you're crazy. <laughs> you that is a, that guitar riff. Was a weapon of mass destruction. Or 
portions of this week's podcast are brought to you by C.S. Lewis's diabolical masterpiece, The Screwtape Letters, available now in a new devilishly annotated edition from Harper One, presented with illuminating annotations by Lewis enthusiast Paul McCusker. Journey through Lewis's underworld with a knowledgeable guide to show you the way. Purchase The Screwtape Letters annotated edition today wherever books and ebooks are sold. You're listening to Dustin Kensrue. The song is Rejoice. It's from his new album called The Water and the Blood. Guys, that whole album is streaming on the drop right now. The new one from Dustin Kensrue. Go check that out. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Cage the Elephant with the song Spiderhead. Sounds terrifying. It's from their new album called Melophobia. Ooh, that sounds scary, too. That's scary, yeah. too. Is that a real thing? Melophobia? Melophobia. I th- you know, I think we might have referenced that a couple I weeks ago. We and I think did it we? was just like... Was like I here? The fear of being chilled out, or uh, is it a fear of people like harshing your mellow? That could be too. Oh yeah, like your mellow, and you're like, I'm so afraid that someone's gonna come and do something to, to like nuge- interrupt my mellow. <laughs> Somebody's right gonna now. come nuge it up. Yes, <laughs> someone's gonna be high on the nuge scale and totally classic. Nuge. Can we even talk chill. about the nuge scale without the NSA? No, yeah, Edward Snowden Getting is all over us right now. So <laughs> just beware. All right, it's time for slices. Tyler, what do you got, man? Well, uh, this is a study that just came out from Connecticut College, which is both surprising and not surprising. Maybe I'll have you guys weigh in on how surprising you think it is. But there was a study from uh, from a guy by the name of Jamie Honahan, who used rats to determine that cocaine is every bit as addictive as another addictive substance known as Oreo cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and this is neuroscience. From my this is, this is real. This, this is, is lab deal. rats. Yeah, this like is measuring measuring brains. They, they, they used rats and um, a maze. They explained the uh, they explained the the experiment a little bit, and I'm still a little, I'm no scientist. We need Kiki. The basic idea is there was a maze and there were some scientists and they put some charts together. And the end result was the, the cookies that we eat every day, the Oreo cookies are as addictive as cocaine and, and morphine. Um, and which, which begs the question to me, uh, well, the question they're trying to answer is why are we marketing these things, uh, particularly in areas with very low socioeconomic growth, uh, as without uh, without any sort of concern about the possible well-being of that people the, who are eating that, them. That Oreos are the equivalent of crack. Right, right. But should we be concerned about it? Um, maybe we should be. Maybe we should be. I'm wondering that if we as a podcast should be concerned about Jesse, because I'm guessing you eat a lot of Oreos, Jesse. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I consume a tremendous amount of Oreos. Like, there's a there's a joke I think it's by Jim Gaffigan or Brian Regan where he says you know when he looks at when he when he looks at like the serving size of Oreos to figure like the calories he's like they measure them in actual cookies I eat Oreos by the sleeve <laughs> <laughs> like I can relate to that like I can look down and, and 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 an entire sleeve is gone and I feel like I ate like three Oreos but I, I according to the research the the cookie actually activates more neurons in the brain's pleasure center than the drugs. That's crazy. Right. So right. I feel like I feel like they hooked me as a child. Right. The, yeah. the, the, make, the bakers of Oreos, yeah. you know. But do you know the other interesting thing I found I saw in this study too Tyler was <laughs> that this is it's totally irrelevant to the to it, the Oreos being addictive. The rats also eat the cream first. I saw that as well. Yeah, the <laughs> rats serious? also break open. They don't go for the cookie. They're, they're, wow. they're in there for the cream, which who can blame them? That's yeah. weird. I've always said that if I could just buy a jar of that filling, of that cream, Oreo cream. Oh, man. Well, you got to be right. able to, right? I'm sure it exists. I, not that I've ever seen. I think, wow. I think that's literally that too dangerous. That should sit right <laughs> next to Nutella, shouldn't it? Shouldn't just that? a jug I, of it. Yeah, and that Jet Fluff stuff or whatever it is. Could you imagine, though, if you could, if you could have Oreo cream spread on anything you want? Right. Yeah. Oh. And you know, it might actually be okay. out there because I was talking a little, uh, uh, this was a few months back. I was talking about how, you know, everyone's always wanted the Lucky Charms 100% marshmallow. Right. Like anyone oh, yeah. who I've ever known who eats Lucky Charms eats them the oh, same yeah. way. Never had them. 
It, you've never had Lucky Charms? Like, never, I've like, never. Even as a child? Yeah, no, I've yeah. never had Lucky Charms in my life. Which Are, I'm, I'm not like or, proud of. It. Were you born and raised in the United States of America? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. It's like a weird thing. I have a million of these, but I've this is it. I've never had it. I'm not. Well, like, I'm not against having it. I'm like all for it, but I've just well, never. You, directly after this podcast, please go to the store and buy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you could probably take care of this. Yeah. yeah, this is an easy one to remedy. Sorry, but yeah. but anyone who's ever eaten can attest that. All, when you eat a bowl of Lucky Charms, you eat all of the rice like bites first, so that you have three glorious <laughs> bites of pure marshmallow at the end of the bowl. Yeah, it's like, like everyone does that. It's like and eating I, around and I said, the sandwich. When is someone just going to sell a bag of marshmallows? And they are for sale on Amazon. No. Saying, you can get them. Yeah. Is it like yeah. black market? Like somebody's been collecting them, or is it like a, a officially sanctioned thing? But you, know. you have to buy it off the Silk Road website. <laughs> <laughs> it also <laughs> it warrants you know you're putting your freedom at risk because it's highly illegal i mean it's it's basically instant diabetes <laughs> type two done. if we want to i did find i've just found a recipe for the oreo cream filling so you found a uh, recipe for it yeah so we can we can do it what we should just start you, a business can you tell Dude. us what the recipe is can you give it's us so, like what it's so simple oh my gosh guys you just we just powdered sugar okay. some granulated sugar sure mm-hmm. vanilla extract oh, yeah. vegetable shortening Water, mix it together, bada boom, bada bing. Next thing you know, I picture I picture Tyler like brewing, like home brewing this with all these beakers and stuff, yeah. and the cream filling <laughs> comes out blue. Yeah, yeah. It's like I have the purest cream. <laughs> I start my own little Oreo yeah. cream empire in Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> the good stuff, the blue Oreo That's cream. Me. It's the end of my slice, but it's also in some ways the beginning because <laughs> we all know what you're doing for the rest of the day. Because I've got a plan. That's great. All right, Jesse, what do you got, man? Okay, so th- so I, this one, I'm kind of like on the fence about this trend of people filming good deeds and like doing yeah. sort of these mashup videos on YouTube. Okay. Are you guys familiar with this trend? Yeah, I hear you. Somewhat. Yeah. So so there's a lot. Like of, there are different people who have been who have been doing these like pseudo quote unquote like pranks on YouTube. Some of them are really lame, or they call them like social experiments. But the other trend, it, you know, they'll go give people hugs or you know, ask people strange questions out on the street. And, you know, YouTube has empowered sort of amateur uh, filmmakers and comedians and, you know, amateur candid camera. But the other interesting trend is people that go and, and like, just do really nice unsolicited things for people, particularly in the homeless community. So there's one that's going around right now. We actually post it on the website if you want to see it, where this guy who... Uh, runs a YouTube channel or helps run a YouTube channel called Give Back Films, goes around to people in uh, Salt Lake City who are homeless and just gives them a $100 bill. Um, And, you know, their reaction is genuinely uh, compelling and inspiring. But I I don't know. There's some part of me that it makes it doing – Good things for good for for people in need is a, is an is an awesome thing. Everyone should do that. Like that's an incredibly admirable thing. But I think there's something almost exploitive sometimes about this trend. The that, filming of it, yeah. But what if it causes other people to do the same kind of thing? Because I've heard stories on this. Like you know, they'll give extravagant tips at a restaurant, and then it kind of makes it viral, and then everybody's giving extravagant tips. Like isn't yeah. there? there I and mean, there yeah. is an upside yeah. to. You know that that I suppose. Well, the the guys that give back films left a statement that said on their on their page that said we hope that by putting these videos on YouTube, some of you are inspired to go out and do the same types of things. Which look that that is admirable, but but there is something about it that I don't know. To me, does seem like I said a little exploitive of putting someone on camera who's obviously down on their luck or in a bad circumstance and and capturing their gratitude. You know. That just seems like a really personal thing to put out there, you know, because in some cases, it's not even clear that these people know they're being filmed or they know that even if they are, it's going to be shared on the Internet. You know, it just feels it feels cheap to me. It feels like it it cheapens the act of of helping somebody out. And of course, you hate to you hate to lamb or, or pick it pick apart somebody's attempt to do a good deed because uh, right. i'm not going around handing out hundred dollar bills to people yeah i mean look those people they have a hundred dollars they didn't have before and a lot of, you know and they are very grateful for it so i don't want to like diminish yeah. that but yeah it's more of the act of filming but you also wonder why you're filming it a little bit yeah yeah you know there there's the story that paul says that that no matter what christ is preached when he's talking about the motivations behind people who are preaching a, a gospel possibly for selfish gain um, 
but in the case like this where it's a hundred dollars, that's a really good thing. Uh, but on the one hand, it, you you have to wonder why are we filming it? What's the actual motivation behind filming mm-hmm. it? And that's something that we can't answer for every single person who posts one of these videos. Yeah. Yeah, well, even you know, even the scriptural mandate to when you give, give in secret. Otherwise, you receive your reward in full. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally true. Like, but, yeah, you are yeah. right. And so, like I said, I think it's good that they're attempting to inspire. And honestly, when you watch some of these, like seeing the reaction of some of these people really does want to make you want to give, you know? So I am kind of on the fence about it, but I just think it's, especially particularly for Christians, I think it's, uh, you know, it's so much of a conflicted experience watching them because we do have that mandate to, to not be showy about how we are generous, you know? Yeah. Sure. All right, Eddie, what do you got, man? Well... I have a different kind of slice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great segue. It's kind of I'm talking about nuge on us. I'm in full fledged nuge. <laughs> totally nuge. Well, it, it is from the music world. Okay. I get excited. Okay, I love good. this every time of year. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Say the double. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say the Dove Awards because those were on last night. Hey, can we talk about that? What, you, what was your tweet about? You said the Dove Awards snubbed well, us again. Jeff Jeff Rojas, our you know associate publisher here, tweeted at me last night and said. The Dove, the Dove Awards are going on tonight. Uh, why weren't we invited? To which I responded back and said, yeah, I kind of feel like we were snubbed. I mean, we are the ones single-handedly bringing back the DC Talk reunion. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, so apparently no the Gospel Music Association Dove Awards has snubbed us this year by not inviting one single member of the Relevant Podcast or Relevant Magazine to the Dove Awards. It hurts. Uh, it does Frankly, hurt. It hurts. I mean, just I one, one, of, one, of us, just one of us wants a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> Is that too much <laughs> to just ask? One. Yeah, we'll accept it on behalf of the others. I feel like sure. who's been here the longest? It would have to be Jesse, right? All I want to do is I want, I want, I want to do an acceptance speech. I want 10 minutes of uninterrupted airtime to do a piece of high performance art. <laughs> right. <laughs> something very controversial, something very dark. Get the people uh, talking. Get yeah. the people talking. It's going to, you know, it's going to be pretty explicit. Not and sure then if you also, saw MTV Music Awards. But. I want to do a, I want every other nominee to be behind me in a choir while I do a rendition of Laura, I Left Your Name on High. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've asked for. All I'm saying saying is look if if we can get jimmy fallon on the show which as of which now hasn't happened but i still I, am holding out hope yeah. okay yeah. if we can do that i think we can and if we can get john tesh and jungle bird and people like that on the podcast sure. i'm oh, pretty yeah. sure that we should have a spot at the devil Awards. so if you're listening gospel music association yeah. hey devil we, Awards. we would like to be invited next year and were they in nashville do they take place in Nashville? I think they are in Nashville, we don't even Tyler. Have to be okay, on now what's going That's just, that's frankly upsetting. Yeah, you could have put on your ironic band t-shirt and cool jeans and boots, yeah. got your hair all dappity dude, and then gone Carried over. Carried your mason jar of <laughs> withered flowers. <Yes. laughs> I was ready. I mean, I live in Nashville, so I'm always ready. I have my, I have my cowboy boots on. Yeah. yeah. I could just get, get my polyester suit out. No problem. It would have gone over really well. People really love well. me. Yeah. Just, we'll, we'll never know. Gospel I Music guess. Association, please don't make this mistake next year. Feels like we should have been there. Anyways. Was that, was that um, your slice? No, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I just <laughs> yeah, totally interrupted yeah, yeah. your slice. So that out. was the slice. All right. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 2014 nominees. Uh, that's the whole story. I wanted to go through some of them and get your thoughts on them. Now, these are just the nominees. So uh, 600 people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will vote. People will get to vote. Uh, not that they'll actually pay attention to our votes, but you can click online. It's fun sure. to be on the computer. Um, so there's that. So uh, they had to have had a, a recording out in 25 years. So I think you might be shocked at some of the folks that uh, are eligible for this. Here we go. Uh, and what are your thoughts on this? All right. Here's a good one. LL Cool J. What do you oh, think? Instant uh, shoe in. Yes. I mean, almost too easy. He's not already in there? No, no, he's not. LL Cool J is up this year for nomination. I do think it would be cool. Uh, NWA? Uh, yeah, uh, I think they changed the game, though. Like, I feel like in terms of importance and rap groups, they were yeah. like one of the pioneers. Now, now let, let me ask this, and I don't okay. mean th- th- this, you know, is an indication of my ignorance to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I've actually been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was years ago, though. Hey, cool. Uh-huh. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's is it relatively recent that they started inducting hip hop artists as well? Yeah, that's like what's their genre distinction? I don't know. Yeah, I don't like know how rock and roll. How far are we reaching back? Should they not rename it the Music Hall of Fame? I'm just I'm just curious. But, but at that point, like, do, would you induct like classical musicians? Yeah, then we, 
You know, or the pop music Hall of Fame. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good question. Now, somebody, well, last year, who got in? Oh, Public Enemy got in last year. Right. So I think that whole question was uh, chatted about last year, but I haven't heard any resolution to it because now, what was it? And and real quick, I I want to preface by I don't have a problem with with yeah. hip-hop artists yeah. being in the Rock and Hall of Fame. I'm just wondering what their genre distinction is. That is a really good point. Now, Kanye West would say he is rock and roll, but I don't remember his whole description, but he got he really... Would, f- he would say that. Because, yeah. But, 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 that but really I think for him, <laughs> rock and roll is more of a musical status, right. not yeah. a genre. Right. Isn't, it, you know isn't I mean? it more of an idea? Ground. See, I think I think I don't even think Kanye West said would say he makes rock and roll music. I think he said he's a rock star. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's you're a good right. One. You know what I mean? Like I think there's a difference there. I think rock and roll music is definitely a genre, but you could be a rock star and not necessarily make rock and roll music. Yeah, like all of us, yeah. we're all rock stars. Yeah, like we're, we're like us. I think yeah. that by the definitions we're working on, then some of the other ones actually may be more controversial. Okay, Hall and Oates. Okay. Oh, uh, well, now, so it, it, how it, does that work? They they have you're confusing the soft rock hall. Of fame. <laughs> right, <laughs> just the very <laughs> kiss. What do you think? Oh, oh yeah. absolutely, kiss definitely. Kiss belongs, but I don't like. Yeah. Do you guys like no their problem. music? I don't really. I've never heard a song of theirs. But I, mean, I, love, I want to rock and roll all, right, all night and party every day. Chuck Klosterman's favorite band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, the Zom- as well as Rivers Cuomo's favorite band. Oh, yeah, so that's right. They no deserve way. to be in on those merits alone. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> it's a lyric to "In the Garage" from the Blue Album. My favorite rock. Group kiss. kiss, pretty. Keep going. <laughs> I like it. So um, it's the blue album. Come on, guys. <laughs> that was great. That was sort of that was sort of Jesse's DC talk rap. <laughs> Does anyone catch that reference, or do you think I was just spouting a random thing? We thought you were just spouting a no, random was, thing. Uh, I, 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 got, you I got it. Still Jesse. block blue album, right? All right, enough. The zombies. Yes, uh, zombies are great. Yeah. Yes, the band. Yes, you ever heard that album, Big Generator? Mm-hmm. Oh, Peter Gabriel as a solo artist, which I think is funny because last year he was inducted with Genesis. Wow. So this year, Peter Gabriel is a solo Isn't Nirvana artist. on the list? Really? Are you going to give away the punchline? That was oh, the whole... Oh, th- <laughs> oh. Well, cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't worry no, about it. I'm staying in. So, yes. And then finally, Jesse, what's the last band do you think that might have made some, it? <laughs> so, so, some band called Nirvana. <laughs> yes. That makes me very excited. It still crushes me a little bit that it's 25 years. Yeah. Uh, makes you old, doesn't it? It does. It makes me feel old because they were like, we've talked about my love of Nirvana, but... yeah. So, vote away, and just as an update, just as we're continuing, Jimmy Fallon is still not here. Yeah, so we're going to wrap up slices here. Uh, Should we just keep going on the podcast? Well, I'm just going to keep hitting record all day. I'm just going to keep you guys on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, when it happens, I think give give Jimmy Fallon a sinister ultimatum right now on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) 45 minutes till we go nudge on you. Yeah. (laughs) And and for those those of you just joining us, we said nudge. Yeah, we don't. As in the intensity and insanity of Ted Nugent. Right. So just As in full frontal (laughs) nudge. Which is basically just a blazing guitar solo. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Coming up next. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and Jimmy Fallon, we think. You're listening to Janelle Monet. The song is Electric Lady, featuring Solange. It's from the album The Electric Lady. Well, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club is a rock and roll band from San Francisco, now based over in L.A. The band is known for their garage and blues rock sound. Uh, they formed in 1998 and named themselves Black Rebel Motorcycle Club after Marlon Brando's motorcycle gang in the 1953 film The Wild One. The latest edition of the Firebrand Rock Troop sees them at their most dynamic. Their sixth studio album, Spectre at the Feast, which released back in March, ventures into diverse sonic territory, delivering their most ambitious offering yet. It's an album of impossible dichotomies. Opposing sounds amalgamate into a seamless, entirely coherent package that rumbles with driving rhythms and soars with skyward arcing guitar howls. Above all, Spectre at the Feast is honest. It tells the story of a journey to hell and back, revealing that in darkness, there can be light. Wounds will eventually heal, and maybe, just maybe, music can save your life. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently caught up with bassist and vocalist Robert. Here is our spotlight on Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. (laughs) 
Start, uh, I'm gonna start talking about uh, Spectre at the Feast. Is that a Macbeth reference, right? Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah. Is, are you hinting at some like meaning, or is that is there like an Easter egg in there for fans to to find out, or is it just like <laughs> is it just clever? It's, it began as um, I was playing around with the word uh, Spectre for a while. I was trying to find something that um, fit with that because something about that word was was magnetic and kept drawing me back to it. And Leah came across this chapter in Macbeth because we'd, um, Peter and I, on, on her recommendation, went to this um, play in New York called Sleep No More, which was a, which was a take on, on the Macbeth play. And it was one of the greatest things I'd seen, you know? It was like, it was the equivalent to being inspired by the first, you know, live band you've ever seen, you know, and that's like, oh my God, my life has changed after I I saw, you know, when I was 13 and I saw the Pixies for the first time or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whoever your band is, it's like, it was a com- completely different way of telling a story to me that I've ever seen or, or heard in my entire life. And it just sparked every imaginative, inspired thought at the time. And being, you know, deeply frustrated that I'm not a thespian, I couldn't do very much with <laughs> with, uh, with with that. I was, I was really hitting a wall. Um, there was there was a lot to there was a lot of elements to it though beyond just acting. So there was elements in the story that I I was um, taken to, and then I, I read up on you know I found that Sleep No More is a it was a yeah chapter title as respected the feast was chapter title Macbeth as was um, um, Shadowplay the Joy Division song um, was also a chapter and I just the more I kind of dug into that play it was uh, yeah there was just a lot of things that kept coming back to it and and I think um, what we had been going through that year it was you know it kind of mirrored the feeling that um, there's a, a shadow hanging over us, kind of this celebration or feast, this communal thing we were trying to to bring to life, and and there was you know the metaphorical uh, side of that. But I like that that's what it means for me. But I can see it meaning other things and other interpretations to other people as well, which is kind of um, the hope, you know. Mm-hmm. It'll just open up your mind to another way of looking at things. Like a lot of it, like almost everybody grows up in a house where, like, like for me, like my dad wanted me to be a doctor, and and I didn't want to be a doctor. I wanted to be in a rock and roll band, and and uh, that was the source of tension in my late high school years. Um, but you grew up in a house where music and and rock and roll is already pretty. You're kind of died in the wall of that. Did that affect much of how of how Black Rebel Motorcycle Club is? In two ways. One was that it was a. Uh it was just possible. I, I witnessed something that, that I, I witnessed something that not many people get to witness that you can make money uh, and have a, have a, make a living, you know, like a real living, a real career. Every, anyone can make money, but not many people can witness that you can, that it can be your life, that you can have a career from it. And um, a lot of people, the people that take the risk on like, giving their heart and soul to music or actually I wouldn't go that far people that take the risk on trying to make a lot of money from it don't really do it in a way that believe that it's going to be there tomorrow in a lot of different ways not not just in like 
you know, pop music, trying to, you know, go for a money grab. But people that are, you know, making music that uh, is great music, it's still like, uh, I'm just going to, you know, go all for the wall and sacrifice myself for this thing, you know, and usually burn yourself out, you know, too much, too soon, too fast. And so there's not a lot of people that believe it's something that'll, that can carry them or that will be there for them or um, it's possible to do if you, if you, if you, if your heart really wants it. thing was the uh, when I was a kid my my dad uh, I could tell he wanted me to to be you know a musician and I and I went through the stereotypical like I don't want to do that um, he'd buy me some guitars and things that would just sit in the closet and never get played and one day when I was in junior high I put together this band just because I was bored and I felt like that would be cool um, but I couldn't play guitar nor could the people I got in my band I just I hired friends thinking oh these are friends that I'd want to hang out with after school it wasn't at all for their musical ability it was it was nearly like a South Park episode where I'm like <laughs> you play the keyboard and you play the you know the drums and you know the black kid plays the bass so <laughs> it was like it was literally a, um, a South Park episode and uh the scary thing was all of them all of them had natural <laughs> had some sort of natural talent or ability at what they picked up and played except for me <laughs> um, and I was playing I was playing guitar because I'm like I put the band together I'm going to be the guitar player and like be the be the leader and play the cool instrument and I remember my dad came in um, and he tried to teach me a few things but he came in and he saw he saw all this playing <laughs> It's like that first moment when you can tell how things are going, and he like closed the door. He never told me this until later, but he closed the door, turned around, and went up to my mother and said, "Well, Carol, you never have to worry about your son following in my footsteps. He doesn't have it. He just he doesn't have any foundational uh, understanding of, of of music at the most basic level." <laughs> um, and that was that was it. Like that was, and my my little supergroup broke up like about a week later. Thankfully, he never said anything to me. I think it was heartbreaking enough for him, and just knowing that. And then um, wasn't until like a couple years later that I I, I took trombone in a <laughs> in, in in junior high school. Uh, not not in band or anything. It was just like you know. It was just extracurricular, or whatever. And I tried to get the saxophone. I think so. I was like, "Well, that would be cooler." And, and all the cool instruments were taken, and trombone was the last one on the on the uh, shelf that no one had, no one had taken that <laughs> instrument. And I was like, "God, are you kidding me?" Like, at least it wasn't a tuba. So I was so pissed off, but I I learned it anyway. I, I picked up a bass guitar around the same time simply because my my friend wanted a band and bass was the only instrument that was available and I was I was like well it's not as many string I thought it wasn't as many <laughs> strings as guitar and it'll be easier and if it's hard I'm not going to even bother so luckily it was re it came really fast like within two days and uh, I just listened I taught myself from listening to like Soundgarden records and Alice in Chains and Metallica and I would just copy the bass lines that I heard on those records
you you were talking earlier about how the industry is just sort of built to to take people, chew them up and spit them out, like get a few singles out of them and, and then move on. Um, and your band has hung around for, for quite a while. Like you guys have, have managed to stay relevant for a, for a long time now. Do you attribute something to that, something that you guys have done that's different, like been intentional about, or did you just get, did you just get lucky and, or you just have great fans? We're really lucky. We have really great fans. We worked hard. <laughs> so it's all of it at the same time, you know. It's a mess. It's a mess to try and figure out who to thank or have any hope in understanding why you're here at this particular place and time, you know. And it'll be a mess to figure out where it all went wrong when it all goes bust, you know. <laughs> it's just going to be a mess from the start to the finish. Um, and then some. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of just in awe that I live like most of the time in this band, not knowing if there was going to be a tomorrow. Every single day, I'd go to sleep. The realities of things, just the things I knew about, were so bad that I couldn't ever trust that this band, at least, was going to survive for another day. You know, uh, we had a lot of problems you know internally um with addiction and and you know just some obvious things and then of course other things that would try to just constantly try to tear us apart just all the things you know you go through in your 20s you're just tied to these other people you know they go down you go down so that changes things um and it's a lot like getting married when you're young you know all the changes you go through at that time it's only been like in the last, I don't know, I want to say a few months, maybe, <laughs> that it's felt any different. That maybe, that even though I don't feel like, wake up thinking like, oh, there might not be tomorrow, I'll go to sleep. It's like, at least I, I think there might be like a next week. And that's like <laughs> such a huge improvement to me. Like, I think I could get through this week and nothing the bottom won't completely fall out of this thing. I could be wrong, but I don't go to sleep thinking that anymore. I feel like I have at least a week or two now before it possibly will. Even when I say it's like, yeah, you can, I knew you could do this, you know, as a, a career rather than just a sad, like, two album thing. It's, I always knew it had the potential to do it. It was just gonna be, we were the only ones that were, you know, could be the cause for it not to happen. It's not people on the outside. It doesn't come from the outside. It's it all happens within yourself. That's a scary. That's a scary part. That was Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. You can check them out online at blackrebelmotorcycleclub.com. You can follow them on Twitter at BRMC Official. And be sure and listen to that new album. It's called Spectre at the Feast. You're listening to Lucius. The song is Turn It Around. It's from the new album, Wild Woman. All right, well, last week, we asked you to tell us, in 140 characters or less, the plot to the new Stallone-Schwarzenegger-Caviezel film called Escape Plan. Uh, you went over to the relevant podcast episode page, 
you went over to our Facebook page and most of you did the right thing. You hit us up on Twitter where you only had 140 characters or less. Uh, and you told us, <laughs> you told us what you thought the plot was for this great new movie. We told you that we were going to do something cool. We were going to pick our favorite and give you a copy of last week's podcast guest, Jeremy Courtney's new book called Preemptive Love, Pursuing so Peace great. One Heart at a Time. Uh, cool thing here. We talked to Jeremy and we talked to the Preemptive Love people. They were so into the idea. They said, hey, we're going to give you guys three books and three t-shirts to give away. Well, that's cool. So we're actually, uh, Eddie, Tyler, and Jesse are each going to pick uh, their favorite here. We'll read those at the very end, and uh, they will receive a, uh, a copy of Jeremy's new book as well as a Preemptive Love Coalition t-shirt. So, and, and just as a bonus, I'm going to pick my least favorite one, and this person has to send me a book and a t-shirt okay. because it was really mean. Great. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so anyways, so uh, here here are a few of our favorites. These are, these are very good. But yes. There's a lot yeah. of winners. Yeah, there's a lot of you guys really brought it this week. There's a lot of winners, but only a couple will receive T-shirts and books. Uh, Br- Brandon Early <laughs> said, "Sly and Arnold have a face-off, literally trading faces." Sly gives Arnold Nick Cage's face as a joke. <laughs> gotcha. and Sly says it's just a goof. That's, That's amazing. Good. I like that. Um, I would like to just file this one under incredibly weird, but it worked for me. I, I laughed. Escape plan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stallone fights for his life as he battles to escape Schwarzenegger's womb. That's the whole oh, thing. It's because of um, I don't get it. Mr. Mom. Yeah. Oh, I, wish I, didn't, I wish I didn't know that. It was even weirder in that moment. It's the artist, I think it's called Mr. Mom. Oh. Is that what, the name of the film where Schwarzenegger becomes pregnant and becomes a male? Okay, well, it went from weird to understandable, but it's still very funny. Uh, either way, you don't win. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> 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 I like that this one. This one broke the rules by being too long, um, but it deserves a mention. Arnold and Sly are sitting down watching their favorite show, Downton Abbey, when a power surge caused by Godzilla, nice touch, causes both men to be transported into their favorite show, and then they must escape by fighting their bat, fighting their way back to the real world to stop Godzilla from destroying all the PBS stations. <laughs> that just pulled in a lot of different. Yeah. I like. It the many disparate realities involved in that yeah, one. that's good. <laughs> the one from Roger Besner got real. Sly and Arnie, after being trapped in decades of typecasting, must justify their choices or die. <laughs> Hashtag greedy and lazy. Oh, no. That's <laughs> dark. Dang. Wow. Called out. Man. Um, you know, okay, so can I do favorite? Yeah. Favorite, favorite like the winner? Yeah, winners. yeah, let's do winners here. Unfortunately, I wish just one person would have used the jesus thing because they kind of all canceled each other out with mm-hmm. jim caviezel as jesus so i went in a different direction and uh for me uh, the winner for me was dan donkers one because you got a great name dan and dan said uh schwarzenegger and stallone both trapped in dead-end jobs and bad marriages fake owned deaths moved to tahiti i just think that's, that's good. really simple and pointless <laughs> i like it <laughs> it's really funny. i wonder one where they were they're 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 aging but they take one last trip to vegas yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite was from uh heather cheshire who said <laughs> trick question there is no plot to this movie just a lot of explosions and guns <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's a, Love it's it. Also that's a winner. Right there. That's, that that is real. A straight that's up awesome. Tyler, who's your winner? Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a uh, Joel Torrens uh, who went to the podcast page and S and S S own a failing restaurant. Novelty is gone. Even the quote at Hollywood at on the sign has burned out. <laughs> they need out. <laughs> JC's the accountant. Uh, I like the plan at Hollywood. Hollywood reference that's very good and uh, yeah. it's also weirdly sort of dark and appropriate yeah. i forgot so that about gets my win. that's Blaine really Hollywood. good that was really good funny. work so okay so if you're one of those three uh winners there what i need you to do is email me your name your address and your t-shirt size uh chad michael at relevantmediagroup.com we will get your uh preemptive love pursuing peace one heart at a time book as well as your preemptive love coalition t-shirt sent out to you asap so thanks to everyone for participating this week that was a lot of fun I, i'm curious yeah, cool. i'm curious to know how many of these people that responded this week will actually go see the film 
What do you think? 75%? I would 100%, say 0%. I'm, I'm assuming most people in this country will see the film. No one will ever see that movie. So just, this is, I'm worried, this is I'm worried that you're our generation's right. avatar. I, I'm thinking for... Uh, <laughs> I think avatar is our generation's avatar. I, I think for uh, the podcast next week, I might just send Jesse to the movie with a portable recorder. Oh, and I just would. do a little... Can, can uh, I just yeah, do live commentary? Live like, commentary. Can I do like director's commentary yep. even though I had nothing to do with the film? I would gladly step aside and just listen to just that for, for an two hour. hours. I Maybe I would do it. would have to have the DVD to watch along with it and on mute though all right well uh thanks for uh thanks for joining in uh if you want to continue telling us your uh idea maybe you came up with another great idea uh for the stallone schwarzenegger Kavisa film called escape plan you can go over to the relevant podcast page uh on facebook you can go over to our twitter at relevant podcast or hit us up uh on the episode page over relevantmagazine.com and leave your feedback and uh and read some of the other ones there was a lot of really really good answers this week so thanks to everyone for commenting all right, with that, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay, well, as all of you know, we are very, very close to uh, Halloween uh, and the time of the year that people eat a lot of candy and dress up as their favorite superhero. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people will go as Eddie Caulfield this year, I'm sure. Yeah, classic. Um, classic. I'm planning on going as Jimmy Fallon, dressed in a very nice navy mm-hmm. blue suit, smelling like <laughs> lavender. <laughs> that is if he shows up. We only have a few minutes of this podcast left. left the and car just pulled up out, out front, but it's like an old blue cutlass something. It's so probably not. <laughs> probably under, not probably undercover. Not Unless he's being like all banksy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we wanted to ask you this week, uh, because we are, we're attending some Halloween parties in the next week or so. And we're 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 uh, starting to, just to be, oh, sorry harvest just parties. Harvest. Well, Thank also you. I'm attending no parties. Just yeah. to be really clear, <laughs> I just want to make sure. But you're going to dress just up to for be next clear, week. I'm invited to one party. So. <laughs> yeah, I know that you've Continue. got. I know you've got multiple parties on multiple nights. And sure, you, it's just the nature of the game. So just I just redo that part. Some people are going to some parties. Some people. Some people will be going to some parties. That let's, feels better. Let's put it that way. Eddie <laughs> has been actively not invited to a trunk or treat this year. <laughs> <laughs> but, but part of the fun of this, uh, you know, going to a party, if that is, if you are invited, uh, is coming up with a costume. And so this year we want your help in coming up with a timely Halloween costume, uh, something that references current pop culture, something that's social or cultural in the now, um, not a superhero, not a villain or something like that. We want something. It could be it could be controversial. It could be the government shutdown, let's say. Uh, who, I'm going to be, uh, I'm gonna be a, a website that's covered in bugs. <laughs> okay. and I'm going to be the, the insurance exchange website. Okay. Oh, see, now you're not making friends. I like that. Okay. I'm not saying anything about the policy. I'm just saying it's in the news. They have the, the website. It's a, yeah, bugs. it's current. It's current events. It's a conversation starter. It's not political. So okay. So what other ideas? Any other ideas just to give people a, a little head start here of what what kind of costume we're looking for? Maybe it maybe is an Oreo, a rat that can't stop eating Oreos. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, a rat killer. addicted to Oreos. Yeah, I mean the, the thing is, is we talk about a lot of cultural things here on the podcast. We talk a lot, we talk about the hard hitting, the current news, the things that you need to know about uh, for when you go to your job the next day, and you know, or talking around the water cooler. So, so we want you to take the some, real issues that matter. The real issues that matter. Uh, come up with a costume based around something like that. Let us know what we should dress for. For, for this year's uh, Halloween. Oh, you could be the Pope. You could be the Pope. He's in the news. That'd yeah, be, that'd Pope be great. have it in 2013. It's very disrespectful. Yeah. But he could be, he could be an iPhone 5. <laughs> you could see. Sacrilege, but... You, you could go around <laughs> handing out $100 bills and, and filming it. Oh, I'm Edward Snowden. That's <laughs> my... That's who I am. Very good. Yeah, that's... All you need is that one gray dress shirt. Yeah, gray dress shirt, <laughs> change on glasses, and then just hide. And then just No hide. one can find yeah, me. Yeah, then you just gotta sit in your home. Yeah, just Actually, don't show up. People yourself. are like, hey, what happened to Eddie? Oh, I was there. I was Edward Snowden the whole night. Actually, I guess that's what I'm gonna be, because I'm You're not going to any parties. No one invited me. <laughs> I want someone to figure out how to be a filibuster. Oh, just, I like, think just figure it out. Isn't oh, that kind of what like, we maybe are? Just, how about this? Maybe just have a podium that rolls along with you and walk into a party and just start talking loudly and don't stop talking for the entire day. And just read green eggs and, eggs and ham every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Again, it's apolitical. It's just mentioning this happened. So go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can hit us up of course on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or go over to our Facebook page and let us know the social or cultural Halloween costume uh, that we should dress as uh, this year for <laughs> Halloween. We're uh, we're very excited. There's no guarantee that we're going to take you up on any of these, but we're very excited to see what our creative podcast listeners come up with this week. Yeah. 
Uh, this will be a lot of fun. Well, guys, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Many thanks to Black Rebel Motorcycle Club for talking to us again. Their new album is called Spectre at the Feast. It's a phenomenal album. You can check them out at blackrebelmotorcycleclub.com or follow them on Twitter at BRMC Official. Uh, unfortunately, we ran out of time for Jimmy Fallon this week. Apologies sorry, to him. Uh, uh, sorry, Jimmy. We will try to get him on the show the next time he's through Orlando. Such a good guy. Many thanks to our podcast listeners for hitting him up and flooding his Twitter inbox today with messages begging him to come by the relevant studios. Um, <laughs> if he didn't know who we were before this morning, I think he does now. Uh, even if he didn't stop by. So that was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing that. Um, just a reminder, uh, no, the podcast is just one of the things that we do here. We also produce a really, really killer magazine that comes out six issues a year. Uh, we'd love to have you be a subscriber. If you're not already, you get six issues of the print magazine, free access to our iPad app, and tons of exclusive extras throughout the year. It's all for just twelve ninety nine. You can go over and subscribe at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. It's a killer value. Big fan of our of our next cover subject, Mindy Kaling. Uh, yeah. She's going to be on the cover of the next issue. So uh, oh, go, cool. go, go subscribe and, and uh, check out Relevant Magazine. We love your support. Also, don't forget uh, some other ways that you can interact with Relevant uh, through our media. Uh, the Drop is out. It's streaming some incredible albums. Uh, we have new albums on there right now from Gunger. Uh, Dustin Kentru, I mentioned that earlier. Brooke Wagner has a live album that she is streaming on The Drop. Uh, Aaron Sprinkles, uh, Sleeping at Last, Army of Me, Propaganda. Uh, just some great, great music. So go check that out. And if you haven't heard, we have just launched the all-new Relevant.TV. Uh, hand-selected, purposely curated videos, uh, original content, short films, documentaries, talks, live performances, music videos. It's all live. Go check it out. Relevant.TV. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback on that as well. So all, all different ways that you can interact with us here at Relevant. Awesome. Uh, with that, that's going to do it for this week's show. I'm Chad Michael Snavely. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. Thanks to uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. We'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com. That guitar riff was a weapon of mass destruction.